0: Recorded live. Well, it's not exactly uh, Christmas music, but I got Lightning Hopkins in the background. I got uh, friends and family on the line. I think. <laughs> and I got Santa on the line. It's really, I really got. Anyway, this is Bradshaw to Ben. You're listening to the SteelerFury.com podcast, and um, it's a wonderful time to be alive if you're a Steelers fan because today the anniversary. Uh, what is it? The Forty-two years ago, the uh, Immaculate Reception. 43. Forty-two years ago today. Forty three. What didn't? Forty-three years ago. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. There you go. Forty-three, forty-three years ago. Beautiful, Mr. Franco Harris. I hear salute. I drink to you, Franco. Uh, and with me to uh, not only enjoy this great day on Steeler history, but to talk about the present-day Steeler history in the making uh, is. Santa of Sealers World and that would be F C he's with us. How are you, sir? Ho, ho, ho. Oh, whoa,
1: whoa. <laughs> Better have my money.
0: <laughs> so here's the, here's a question. Have you ever played portrayed Santa? Have you ever dressed up in the suit with yes, the beard?
1: Absolutely I have, dude. <laughs> Nineteen, twenty, twenty one, twenty two, let me tell you, twenty five dollars an hour. You get your fucking stone on
2: two and a half hours
1: displays. Sure, yes. Santa's gonna bring you a pony, your own little midget, a robot. World peace. <laughs> hey, it's, it's the all your fault. Are you... him exactly. That's
0: all your fault. If you don't fault. get all
1: this, it's your parents' fault.
0: The parents are giving you like the evil eye too, right? They're exactly. Like, no,
1: no. <laughs> don't say Aren't yes. Are you glad that you paid Santa five dollars just for that to happen? <laughs>
0: Exactly. Well, speaking of Santa, uh, a little bit later in the show, I think we'll do some uh, some Christmas gifts around the league. But at the moment, uh, tell me about your experience watching the, the Steelers-Denver game. Were you, did you, did you uh, you know, were you frustrated like me at halftime? Or did you, you were calm and you felt like it was in the bag and eventually it was going to work out? Or how were you feeling about this? What was your experience?
1: I'm weird. I don't really talk I, as much as I like to talk and as much as I've posted in the past. I'm really actually quiet during games. And after they got the field goal at the end of the first half, I said they're just going to basically have to come out and pitch a shutout. And I didn't know if they would get it done, which <clears throat> they ended up getting it done obviously. Um I was uh I was a combination of just thinking that Denver. We made Denver look a lot better than they actually were, and was there enough time to get back into it? And uh, I was pissed. I, I don't. I rarely post during games unless it's something that I think really stands out. And uh, I just thought I was. It was a self-destructive game. You know, two-drop coverages. Um, you know, basically nobody accounts for. You know, Brock Osweiler, and he stumbles into the end zone. You know, and there goes three of their touchdowns. You know, uh, but
0: yeah, and, and, and the thing seven's is, seven's pretty good. <laughs> <it> does, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the guy, the guy wearing seven for the Steelers, not a bad football player. Uh, I, I tell you what, I, are you, are you with me? I, I, I was, I thought the Denver's defense was for real, despite the fact I don't that they gave the thirty-four. Was for real. I just don't think they've seen
1: anything like Pittsburgh's offense. And that's really hard for Steeler fans to accept. I mean, it really is. I mean, because we're so – we're we're like born into this and we're into it. And we can't stand back – we can't take a step back and realize, wow, this fucking passing attack is really, really special.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I was thinking about uh, today with the the anniversary of the Immaculate Reception, I got to thinking about some Steeler memories. I was joking that, uh, you know, today is the biggest holiday – uh, in, a, in Studios Nation in a memory, maybe the top memory ever. And then I started saying, well, you know, except for like that 100-yard touchdown return from James yeah. Harrison and except for, yeah. and except for uh, you, know,
2: homes, you know, Bradshaw. You know, tapping the
0: fucking toes. Or, yeah,
1: you, know, out, won, you know, Lynn Swann, you know, pulling one on. in from seven yards out of bounds against Dallas in the Super Bowl.
2: <laughs> yeah, so we have Ryan a Ryan Clark knocking out
1: Willis McGahee. Troy Paul so taking got- off Joe Flacco. Yeah, we've been fortunate
0: recently. And the thing is, I was, it got me to thinking about, you know, something about the throw for the game winning touchdown to Antonio Brown that just struck me as very Bradshaw. Like if that had been in an even bigger game, then this was obviously a big game, maybe the biggest of the season for them so far. But if that had been a postseason game, that would be a legend, you know, that'd be like a legendary throw and catch. And, uh, you know I, I just do I do I think now as the person who started this whole thing with you know uh, with Bradshaw and Ben and this you know being a fan of of Bradshaw's as I was growing up and still convinced that he's you know uh I, I always used to say he was the best football player I'd ever seen play football I, you know Ben is right there he's, he''s he might he might be reaching a level now where he's you know I don't know best Steeler ever is that within his Graph before his career is over?
1: I'm gonna put it is, this way, he, uh to the every generation past Generation X he's gonna be. You know, how much it's I, I I don't remember Terry Bradshaw. I'm you know, early forties. I don't remember Terry Bradshaw as an elite NFL quarterback live. I've seen the films and I've watched the games, you know. The Terry Bradshaw may be one of the best throwers of a football. I'm not saying necessarily – he got accurate as he got older, but he threw 60, 70-yard darts that didn't get more than 10 or 12 feet off the ground. That's Elway. That's Jeff George, who we hate to, I don't. He, he just didn't have it upstairs, but he had that type of arm. And Ben is like maybe a little slight notch below that, but he like the throw to AB, that's pinpoint. That's pinpoint accuracy, and you got to have a live arm to get that ball there. You know, yeah. like Brady may get that ball there at this point. Man. No, well, the
0: thing and the thing about the you know uh, Bradshaw and and maybe even John Elway, they took big drops too. You know, they were they right. they were like 15 yards behind the line of scrimmage before they threw that deep out. That people are like, you know, they think it's amazing if a college quarterback now coming into the draft can throw the deep out from you know a three-step drop. Uh, so. Uh, Those guys, those cats had a different level arm in some cases. Being (laughs) an elite quarterback,
1: I think you have to be able to make that three-step drop and deep out. I I mean, you really have to be able to. I never considered, you know, the Drew Breeses of the world. Elite. I Understand, they put up a ton of great video game numbers, but what you're saying—that three-step drop and being able to zip the ball out there—it's it's needed,
0: in my opinion. Well, the thing, the thing about that, you know, kind of comparison. In in quarterback areas or comparison to the Pittsburgh Steelers offense now compared to the the offense the great offense of the past is they have to prove they can do this in the postseason right
1: correct offensive line has yeah. to prove they can give them time
0: yeah hey speaking of offensive line um, that the, the the group they played against uh, with Denver is that's a pretty terrific inter- interior defensive line and edge rushers how did you think that they did across the board? Are you are you satisfied with what they I mean they got they did enough to win but that was a real battle.
1: Sure. I mean um am I surprised that they put a tight end out there to give uh Villalueva a little bit of help whenever uh they lined up the Marcus Ware very wide or if they lined up uh Miller very wide, uh no. Am I surprised that whenever they lined them both up wide that uh, Marcus Gilbert got the job done? No. Um, there, There's other things that uh, that surprised me. I actually thought the Steelers were going to be able to run the football. Now they really didn't have time, and I think they could have maybe got to that. But I think that's the one thing that's underrated about Denver is uh, they're actually a very physical defense. I mean, they have, like um, – not classic people playing positions where, like Sylvester Williams, is not definitely not your classic three four nose tackle, and uh, he did a heck of a job. I mean, we 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 struggled to run the ball early in the game. Uh, you know, uh, they, they're they're good. They they they. I think that I see improvement. You know, um, week to week, um, Ramon Foster continues to scare me, and Cody Wallace is definitely not the best uh, technician at center but you know he he really brings intangibles to the football team
0: yeah well and that uh you know they, their matchup particularly in this game i mean Malik Jackson is there isn't anybody i can think of who's better uh that they might face it. yeah and that so the thing is there's not a whole lot of shame in being dominated by him but i thought that was i thought he was almost single-handedly wrecked the running game uh you know, sort of like they couldn't figure out a way to get him moved in a certain direction, let alone blocked. Actually, you know, sure. so uh, makes it very hard, does it not? It does. So your uh, your 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 deal with Cody Wallace, uh, you know, kind of uh, retaliating for Denver's uh, being a little rough with Antonio Brown. Uh, I I I'm guessing you had mixed feelings about that. Ooh, seems my, like, feelings, seems like... my feelings
1: were very good. I heard it was first and ten. I heard we lost 15 yards, and I was like, yeah, that's cool. <laughs>
2: People, well,
1: teams are going to continue to punch you in the mouth until you stop them from punching you in the mouth. And there was, I mean, I, I, would I like to see them go after somebody else other than David Bruton? Sure. But he was there, and, you know, it happened. I wasn't thrilled with it, but at the same time, nah. I understand that uh, you know, regardless of what the NFL and you know the media, NFL media machine want to put out there, it's violent game played by played by violent men. We're we're pretty much going to the Coliseum, you know, in Roman times. It's, it's exciting, <laughs> Sure, you know, but so
0: you gave but you you gave the thumbs up instead of the thumbs down.
1: Sure, I'm I was I was good with it. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, if you don't, I mean, how much is are you gonna take? And I thought that uh, I didn't think the officials were that great early in that game. I think uh the reason that most games get out of control is because uh holding a lot of times often defensive linemen and pass rushers don't like to be held. And they really don't like it when the flags don't come out. And that's you know so when they're being held they like to perhaps hit an offensive lineman underneath the face mask and that offensive lineman says, Well, fuck that
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: one punch lead. right." do and you
0: know, right.
2: I'm sure you've That'll seen
1: it if you, whenever you you had on the the lovely striped jersey, where you just you see it coming and just like, hey, you know, it's gonna happen. I'm not the umpire oh, for the holding. Family. You know, the
0: the younger the players are, the more obvious they are about it. Though, like they'll just sure. kick a guy in the shins or you know punch him in the balls or something. Like there isn't there isn't a subtlety involved like in the sure. NFL. I think that's they're pretty subtle at that level. Yeah. Uh, It's not, you know, Cody
1: Wallace attempting to jam his fist up someone's uh, rectal cavity, per
0: se. Right, under a a scrum. He would never do such a thing. Never. Come on. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, you know, I guess you could make the argument on one hand, like I said, they didn't find an answer for Malik Jackson, but it's not like anybody else in the league really has either. So, you know, the the kind of performances they've been able to put up the last four weeks, people will say – there's no point in having Pounce, Marquis pouncing when you could just have Cody Wallace. But you know, I, to that I would say, yeah, well, you don't need Le'Veon Bell, right? You could just have a guy off a guy the street. You know, sure. like I don't, I don't think that's, I don't think either is totally true. But. You know, it is, there is at least a possibility of reallocating some of that money. Possibly, 2014
1: right? was a good season for Marquise Pouncey. I mean, I'm not the biggest Marquise Pouncey fan, never have been, probably never will be, but um, he was He was solid. And um, if we're getting that back, then yeah. I mean, for the for the Cody Wallace fans, I wouldn't be surprised if Marquise Pouncey stays healthy that Cody Wallace takes over left guard from Ramon Foster because, you know, um, he's every bit – the problem, if not more of a problem than, than Wallace's,
0: which. Yeah. But here's the thing about Ramon Foster. Ramon Foster is the You know, he's one of the, I would say three or four locker room leaders that the Steelers have. In other words, he's the guy that they, they claim is the, you know, voice of the offensive lineman. And, and he's a guy that, that, you know, helps helps the running back up. He's a guy that gives them the talk in the locker room when they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing, et cetera. I just I I don't see that guy going anywhere, and I mean I'm 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 with you that he has some limitations physically, obviously, but I'd be I'll be really surprised. I'd be less surprised. I would be less surprised to see them let Kelvin Beach and Beachum and maybe even Pouncey go than Foster because Foster's A is affordable and B he's a locker room guy that they you know when you're looking at it from afar like we are and, and more or less on a fantasy football level you don't think about any of those intangible things that we don't know about, but I feel like he's They for years. They were like, who are going to be the new leaders on this team? And then when you identify who those guys are, you don't get rid of them. That's what I say.
1: Right. I mean, I, I, I definitely, I could see them letting, uh, Bisham go. If, uh, they re-sign Donaueva, if they think that he's the answer, which he may possibly be. I mean, I'm not gonna, you know, um, I don't want to anoint or take away from what Kelvin Beecham did here. I, I won't be shocked if Kelvin Beecham's back, but I mean, do you think they're going to sign Ramon Foster to another contract? Is the question. I mean. Yes, I create... do. I
0: think Ramon. I think Ramon Foster will get his career-ending contract, and it will be team-friendly, and both sides will consider it a win. That's so like what a three I.
1: Three-year, six million-dollar deal, like something like, something like that. Previously, okay. And and, then,
0: and I would and I would say that you know I I don't. I mean, like I said, I'm more and more be surprised that Beecham gets resigned only because, you know, the the guy that they've plugged in there has proven to be more than adequate. And okay, both both Beecham and Villanueva, for different reasons, need occasional help. But they also, I was going to say, uh, I don't know if you noticed, but late in the game, they weren't giving Villanueva any help, and he was once the once those pass rushers got a little bit tired and they got a little bit of that out of their you know that sort of energy out of their system. He seemed to be able to really swallow up not only Demarcus Square, I think they ran uh, Vaughn Miller over there a couple times. He, he seemed to just take whoever whoever came to him later in the game. He was fresher. They were not. It worked out okay. I, I think if you get that kind of performance out of your left tackle against as good a pass rushing team as you know since the Steelers had in the mid 90s, then I you know maybe Seattle was, a couple years ago was near them, but. I just feel like you get a guy that got that much success at left tackle, you're going to then put him back on the bench? I don't see that happening.
1: Dean, I mean, it's going to come down to what the, if the team thinks more of Beecham or if of Foster, and you think it's going to be Foster. And you probably are going to be right, but I can hope that maybe, because Beecham is just meant <laughs> to be a left guard. He's actually mobile enough. He run blocks pretty damn well. He may not be weight room strong, but he's functionally strong, and he's a very good pass blocker. And I think the, the, in an ideal world, you know, I'd rather give, you know, a two-year, $7 million deal to Beecham than the same deal to Foster because I know what I'm going to get with Foster. And well,
0: um, What do okay. you think about the idea of Beecham at center? Because I know that before he moved to left tackle, you know, they were looking at him as potentially being the backup center to Pouncey or being able to play all five positions?
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't think Pouncy's going anywhere, and the cap's going up ten million this year. Coming up in 2016 it's going to be—they already announced it's going to be ten million—and they're expecting it to be another eight million the following year. So it's not even going to be—I mean, the Steelers are all right cap-wise going into the future, as funny as that is. And I, I, I. I you can only hope. I mean that they, that you get more of the Marcus Gilbert deals done, where because that's looking like highway robbery now. I, I mean, I'm coming around. I mean, Colbert might prove me to be a fool yet again.
0: <laughs> how does How does Marcus Gilbert not even sniff the Pro Bowl? I mean, how bad is the Pro Bowl when when it's, you you miss a guy like that? It's a joke.
1: It's a joke popularity contest. I mean, and it's just. I mean, t- he's faced. The two leading sacking teams in the NFL. Um, Denver Broncos are tied for the NFL lead sacks with the New England Patriots. It's a very surprising yeah. stat. You know, um he's gonna up one sack this year. It's not like he's going he's sees garbage. It's not like you know, uh he's playing for a team that runs the ball forty times a game. We're you know, pass per attempts per game with when Ben is in there, I think we're top two, three in the NFL. Pretty sure. I know that we're top three. I think that we're number two um, for pass attempts per game when Ben's. And I'm not big for stats, but that's, you know, if, if if Marcus Gilbert had only given up one sack and we had something like 300 pass attempts, it's not as impressive as whenever you consider, you know, it's closer. It's going to be 500. You know, one sack, 500 dropbacks. It's pretty damn impressive.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, it's ridiculous, to be honest with you, especially when you consider he's faced. You know, very high quality players. You know, he's faced the Jones from New England. He's faced, you know, Lamar Miller. Or excuse me, not Lamar Miller. The uh, Miller from Denver who went to Texas. Von Va- Miller. Von Miller. Um, and then and, and there's more than that. I mean, Michael Bennett faced Bruce Irvin. Um, the the other kid from uh, Seattle that went to Purdue, whose name escapes me right, right away. Um, the other
0: Cliff Averill. Abre- Cliff, Cliff Averill. Abre-
1: you know, he he's just faced, you know, top pass rusher after top pass rusher. And then you look, he's, you know, a very good run blocker. I, I, I don't know what else he could have done. I mean, he's put up it, over the last 19, 20 games. He's been as solid as any player in the NFL. No, he has
0: like, like one sack. gave up to Carlos. Carlos he's been over the, the last 18
1: like games. Plus Marcus plus. has played as good at right tackles as Antonio Brown has played at wide receiver. You know, if I would say that about any posi- any other probably position player, you would think that's a ridiculous statement, I can make that argument when you consider how successful mm. Le'Veon Bell was. You consider that you know over the, those you know nineteen or twenty games, he's allowed one sack.
0: You know. Yeah, well, if only we could feel as loaded on the defensive side of the ball. However, I'll, let me ask you this question. Here's my dream scenario. My dream scenario is that uh, uh, you know. Will Will Gay is a free agent. He gets re-signed. I think Boykin is a free agent. Okay, Boy, Boykin is a free agent. That if from here on to the rest of the year, he like like last Sunday, he plays the entire game, is terrific and and feels part of this thing. They make a they make a Super Bowl run. You might be able to get Boykin back. So let's yes. let's just say you have Gay, Boykin, Cockrell, and and Sequeza, uh Sanquise Golson. Golson. As your as your top four guys next year, mm-hmm. I, I would argue that that eliminates the need to find a number one corner. Maybe you know what? Am I missing something?
1: Yes, you can never have enough corners.
0: <laughs>
2: if, if, if
1: if we know whatever you're picking, it's like pass rusher. You know that. I mean, at this point, we, we we'll take wider receiver off the board because of ABM and Martavius Bryant. But whenever we're picking at let's say 32, we'll be the this on. At 32, if you can take, you know, your option is Jalen Ramsey or, or somebody ridiculous dropped. You know, you, you know, you take the corner. But if you got everything's equal and you got a I don't know,
0: a pass rusher,
1: pa- you, you, you see, I don't a safety. Right? Okay, safety. And if you, if you have a safety that's read the same as the corner, you probably not we really go with the safety. You know, you probably pull the trigger on I don't know Eddie, Eddie Jackson from. I know that you're not a big fan from Alabama or. I don't know, Um, Cash.
0: No, I don't, from, uh, I'm not not a fan. <laughs> I don't he, actually know the player very well. Okay,
1: he, he, uh, I'm purchased not as much of a fan because he actually has gotten beat vertically at cornerback, and he's actually got beat vertically this year against Ole Miss. But he is upside. Um, Like, uh, I think he's, he'll be more Mike Mitchell-ish, you know, Brent Alexander <laughs> in his prime-ish. You know, this smart, dependable, will lay the wicked, make you some plays. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to find so many Ronnie lots or Troy Polamalu. They don't come around. You know, if that guy comes around, he's going to be taking in the top fifteen. But yeah, I, I, yeah. I, but quarterback still got to be a consideration. It's a passing leg, and we are thirty-one, thirty-first in the NFL against the pass.
0: Yeah, but I guess it's just with a corner. I mean, let's put it this way: I don't think corner is the biggest problem they have in pass coverage. Do you? No, I think that. Uh, I mean,
1: we struggle in other areas too, which is I think a uh, a big concern. Um, I, I our strong safety and in inside linebacker play and pass coverage is not great near as our outside linebacker. I would say that James Harris is probably definitely far and away our best outside linebacker in coverage, and James was really not built to go backwards anymore.
0: <laughs> no, although I did uh, I did note a couple times Dupree. They don't ask him. They don't ask him to drop a lot, um, because probably they're not super comfortable with him doing it. Would be my guess, but he does cover the ground man he, sure. he got oh, they, they they had a coverage where they they uh, had him covering the deep flat like 10 or like he's basically covering the out uh while they had a little bit of a game going on the, on a the blitz or something and he, so at the snap he literally just took off uh backwards you know on a diagonal to the sideline and he covered as much ground as shazier, shazier you know in that period of time maybe even more just feels like he's he's got the Capability athletically of doing it, but you know, as you as we talked about last week, he definitely seems like he's hit a little bit of a wall, but I also
1: you could I, you could solve they, that wall for him, I think. But go ahead, I'm sorry.
0: i just gonna say, I think they're they're asking him to do a lot of technical stuff, rushing the passer, because of contain and lanes and so on and so forth. And I, he, you know, seems like he would maybe thrive a little bit more if he just let him loose at this stage of his uh, career.
1: I agree. Except for one thing, I would tell him, uh, if I was Joey Porter, I would tell him um, he can't run the arc one time rushing the passer in the first half. I wouldn't permit it. i tell him if he runs the arc that I'll put his ass on the bench, and then he'll be done for the half, because he needs to develop a counter move, and he needs to believe that he can bull rush, and he needs to believe that he can drop something, a spin move, show something else, because... He's becoming a one-trick pony with running the edge, and quarterbacks are stepping up right above him, and it's going to become a problem in the playoffs. I mean, two steps. Did, did
0: you? Did, but did you think they were doing it kind of on purpose? Because I did. I th- I felt like they were, they were particularly last weekend. I don't know about every week, right, but they, last weekend I, that I, they were kind of pushed. It's
1: stuck in my craw against Cincinnati as well, and you
0: had Dalton,
1: and you had. Uh, McCarron AJ
0: McCarron yeah.
1: yeah it was consistently he's just running the granny or granny or and you got to do something other than speed rush and try to loop around you know an offensive tackle you got to you know <laughs> he can easily with his speed be a 15 sack guy um, the, the, the thing that makes Von Miller special is Von Miller will dip back to the inside if you get the right tackles weight on his outside foot he's done Generally, right, right offensive tackles are large, fat, uncoordinated slobs that are there to kill people in their own game. It was true in the, 70s, in the 80s. It's true in the 90s, and it's still true today. I mean, Andre Smith. <laughs> you know, um, Marcus Gilbert's actually the exception to the rule. Um, you know,
2: yes.
1: Marcus Cannon, who New England got stuck with. You know, just um, you can go down team after team. It's still the right offensive tackles are not good passbars. Generally, you know, they're they're average ambassador to be playing left tackle and getting paid the big bucks. I mean, But I but understand. let
0: me ask you a question. Do you do sure. you think ultimately, as I do, that Dupree is much more suited to be for the right side? Because I feel like his responsibilities you could you could sort of narrow him down a little bit. Because I feel like he's a guy that just based on his history as a football player and where he's at developmentally, that asking him to do Yes, he he's asked to do more things on the right side. I mean, on the, on the left side. Whereas if you put him on the right side, and most of the speed time... Left tackle. Yeah. Because yeah, they, well, he has I the power. He like, actually, to me, he's he got more power team. to be able to bull rush that guy.
1: Yeah, I understand that. But he's also pretty good in coverage. You know, they, they don't do it with him a ton. But when they do it, I mean, he's better than Modes. And uh, he's athletic. And I, I, I think that... Uh, that lemon got some more juice to give. And I think that it's going to be coming in the playoffs. Um, He, whenever a player generally hits the wall, what I think of is his legs are gone. That he can only, he can only, he can can play less snaps. I, what I see from Dupree is uh, he's still, you know, he's in real good shape. Like athletically, he, he's still got more to give. Um, It's just, He's still thinking a little bit, and, and you can see the more he plays, the less he thinks, and the more it's becoming distinctive to him. And I would, the one thing I would tell him is, don't speed rush. You can. I, w- I would try to like get into his mind that he can physically beat offensive tackles with more than just a speed rush. And if if because teams still can't handle James Harrison, I mean th- th- nobody wants to point it out because James Harrison is the villain of the NFL. A lot of teams still chip him with a back. Most teams keep a tight end in to restrict his pass rush. Andy Whitworth couldn't handle him, you know. Um, yep. Nope, Denver couldn't handle him. <laughs> I mean,
0: yeah, he's he's pretty good still. <laughs>
1: <No>. <laughs> um, he got another year on his contract. I I welcome him back. Welcome him
0: back with yeah. open arms. Well, and especially if you're you're transitioning a new guy there next year, which you, you know, you might be. True. I mean uh, Jar- Jarvis is up this year, right? This is this, yes, this is he to is a break there's here. For our him.
1: Yeah. That's why a lot of people think that and I won't be surprised if both go. I won't be shocked if he both come back.
0: Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I just you know, this it's gonna be you know, we're looking ahead because there's still a lot of season left to go hopefully. But what's going to happen in this next off season. There are a lot of possibilities for the defense, you know, sort of like if you, if they come together and have a great run on defense in this postseason, then you might be inclined to resign more of those guys. But if they don't, and it, and it really is glaring, becomes an even more glaring need. They have the potential because of the way the contracts are to just about blow the whole thing up. Don't they?
1: They could if they wanted to. And plus, you have an extra ten million dollars in salary cap room. You know that the the NFL salary cap's going up ten million. People were expecting a two million dollar you know acceleration. It's actually a ten, and then they're expecting eight million more the the following year. And uh, the Steelers have been rebuilding, but they've been rebuilding a lot with youth. And it's you know David the Castro, Marcus Gilbert. Pretty young guys. Marquise Pouncy. He's not a spring chicken, but we're talking, you know, going to be into his, you know, late 20s. You know, that's still a young guy. is a yeah. young guy. So your offensive line's all young. AB. He, he seems like he's a grizzled vet. He might be pushing 30. Martavius Bryant's 22, 23 years old. Marcus Wheaton, sure. the old man of the group, still signed for another year. 24, 25. Heath Miller, agent. But you know, you got Jesse James. We may not love it, but so tight end would be somewhere we're probably looking. You got to look for your next quarterback. Le'Veon Bell's a young kid, um, and backs want to come to Pittsburgh. I don't know why, but well, yeah. sure.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, at this point, I think anybody who's got a chance to play with Ben on offense feeling, or you know feeling pretty good about life. Did you hear
1: who signed with uh, New England this week? Stephen Jackson uh, I, back in the NFL. I,
0: and Steven Jackson is D U N done. He's more done than Peyton Manning, isn't he?
1: Maybe. I w- I'll put it this way. Um, I wish he signed with a different team. I wish he signed with us or with somebody else because I would love to see him get a ring. Um, I hated the player because people said that we should have took him instead of Ben way back in the day. <laughs>
0: which is... What? what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. come over here. Let me. Let me. Excuse me. Come here. Come here. <laughs> yeah, you'd have to whack somebody upside the head for that. Yeah. Uh, what kind of maneuver. But you
1: know what? He made a very he had a very good career for a while and you know, there're certain guys that you cheer for even if they're not Steelers.
0: Sure, no, I buy all that. Right. Um, for some
1: reason Steven Jackson's like one of those guys. For me. Yeah. I don't know why.
0: Well, I guess I, all I would say is uh, the only guys you can be pretty sure are gonna be back next year in defense would be Hayward it. Mitchell Shazier on Dupree, there's, they're really every other guy. Well, Golson will will be here, but but I I mean, it's like pretty, pretty much the the rest of the guys are either uh, their contracts Mm -hmm. are up or their salary cap issue, or they're not necessarily secure.
1: You figure that probably gay and, uh, and Will Allen are going to probably, we'll probably sign two or three year deals team friendly. Just, they both are still going to want to play. They both know they're not going to break the bank, and they both know that they fit here. And and if Will Allen becomes our fourth strong safety, so be it. I mean, he's earned every single dollar he's being paid this year. Um, he's left, oh yeah, he's left the IQ points out on the field for the team. You know, psycho. <laughs> <laughs> so and
2: yeah.
1: I mean he's. Caused the first turnover against Denver, a lot of people I mean that'll go forgotten, you know, but no, no
0: he's he's caused a lot of turnovers this year, sure,
1: and Jarvis he even General. caused
0: one that wasn't counted, yeah, one that
1: wasn't okay. counted, will Allen or Jarvis Jones always around the ball for the Steelers,
0: as funny as it sounds, yeah, uh, just about a half step slow getting there no, I'm kidding. sometimes uh, <laughs> all right, well, uh for a second let's let's talk about this matchup coming against the Ravens um. I think everybody should be cautioned of two things. one is this Baltimore Ravens team bears little resemblance to uh, the team that played the Steelers in the week whatever it was week two this year week three uh, and it bears almost no resemblance to what who they played a year ago, but the second thing to keep in mind is it's still the Ravens it's still Steelers Ravens it's still going to be a division game where like the, like the Cleveland Browns do they, they're totally capable of putting up a good fight and playing above their heads for a game or part of a game against the Steelers. What, what What's the most concerning thing about this matchup for you?
1: Injuries. And I'm going to get back to something. I'm going to get off on a little tangent because I've been saving up for this. This <laughs> game right here is why you never put up two points when you don't need to put up two points. This game here, is why Jim Harbaugh should, or John Harbaugh should never put up the extra fucking touchdown on the Steelers last year. This here, this game right here. If I'm the Steelers, I have one goal. I want to fucking embarrass this team, and embarrass them. They try to do it to you. If I can hang seventy, I hang seventy. If I'm the Steelers, <laughs> literally, I hang seventy. I know that well, sounds horrible. I know playoffs and you rest players and you show respect. You show respect to those who show respect to you. There, you can't find a single person on the message board that'll say that I like hunted them down and picked a fight with them because I've never done it at Sierra Fury. The re- I don't. I don't have problems that a lot of people have because I go out of my way to be friendly and nice to people. Jim Har- or John Harbaugh here got it bad. He got so many players injured, and he could have been a gentleman. He could have played the game the right way in the past and I think Tomlin would have called off the dogs early if he had to. You know, just for the respect angle. But Harbaugh tried to break it off and the Steelers Tomlin, everyone's the fan base the players ass. And that stuff doesn't get forgotten. So, if I'm the Steelers, I think they're going to come into this game with the goal of maybe trying to hang 70 points.
0: <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, I'll I'll tell you in about 15 minutes. Or so, uh, ten or right. 15 minutes why I'm, why I'm laughing, but it has to do with my prediction this week, but uh <laughs> at any rate, well well here's the thing here's the thing i you know having I watched the game against Kansas City this is a game the Ravens got blown out, but in this game where they got blown out, you know they had a, a length of the field, pick six for a touchdown, they tried a fake punt uh, on you know, with their punter running up the middle which actually was executed very well. And they and they probably, the punter had he gone, had he zigged right instead of left, had about 40 yards of grass. It just went the wrong way, went into the tackler. Uh, but still, you know, kind of a silly play. And they had a couple of bad, other bad turnovers. You just sort of stretch of the game it was very bad. In the early part of the game, even with terrible, uh you know, just a guy that's just uh like in the major league of baseball, they'd refer to him as a a, a a quad A player, Jimmy Clausen. He's not, you know, he's a, he was a decent college player, just not really good enough to be an NFL quarterback. Even with Jimmy Clausen, and even with you know what they have going on on their team, they kind of hung around with Kansas City. They're not, you know, the talent disparity is not that great that they can just easily be blown out. But you know, so it's like to me, it's still a little scary that they could keep it close for a quarter, uh, especially. In a game that's going to be fairly emotional, I would think, because you know, from the from the Raven standpoint, I don't know, are they are they a lock yet to to get the uh, are they locked other? into where they yeah I don't think they get first overall, but no. I think they're locked into two or three yeah
1: sure so, I mean you're gonna I have get, a feeling they're
0: gonna play I have a feeling they're gonna play for keeps the next two weeks because sure. you know they have, they don't really have that much to gain by losing
1: no I'm I'm a, and, I don't think it's going to be a uh, I think they're going to play the games hard. It's just, um, you know, if they may be down to Ricky Wagner, their starting to right tackle is out. Looks like he might be out with an injury. He hasn't practiced yet this week. I only, I under, I understand they only have the injury report out, but they're, they're listing them um, as very questionable, which generally leads to be listed as doubtful, which generally means you're out. And it's just they're running out of bodies. You know, um, I like Kamar Aiken, but he's like a four or five receiver on most teams.
0: Well, hey, look, at the beginning of the season, they had hoped that a receiver from Central Florida was going to be their main receiving threat. <laughs> they just didn't think it would be Aiken. They thought it would be right. Harriman. Yeah. Right. It's funny that they're and, both uh, Central Florida guys. But, yeah, Aiken is like a try-hard guy. You know, you your number Four receiver on most teams. Usually the number State six, State State. six receiver on a team. <laughs> yeah. UNC, think, think, yeah. It's,
1: it's best, you know. And it's. Just, I'm not going to talk too much, Mac. Um, but I think the Steelers, if they can, really embarrass the Ravens, I think they may try to do it. And it's, they should, try to do it. I, I'm. I'm It's. It, it needs to be done. I mean, it's respect. And you know, maybe Conley can. Maybe the Steelers could be the bigger team. I don't like that. I, I would if, rub their heads <laughs> and shit if you can.
0: <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> the, um, what, what do you think of Buck Allen as a football player?
1: I, I See, I was a fan of his coming out of college. A lot of people weren't. A lot of people questioned.
0: He's got a fumble issue, doesn't he?
1: He does. I mean, but they said the same thing about Adrian Peterson. They say the same thing about David Johnson now. You ever notice that guys that run really hard sometimes fumble? That's what makes you on Bell. So unique, you know, his, he doesn't fumble. But a lot of the, the more physical, hard-running backs that break a lot of those tackles have fumbling issues to Mark Murray. I know he sucks this year, but he had fumbling issues prior. I don't know. Sure. Um, I mean, I, I, I would love for my back, whenever he gets contacted by multiple tacklers, to maybe try to go a little bit of Ernest Jackson from back in the day and two hands on the ball. Running, you know, if Chuck Muncie, you know, you know, just cover it up with both hands and this But you know, you, every time one of those backs, you know, breaks a run for 70 yards, David Johnson, this past Sunday with maybe the run of the year in pro football. I don't know if you've seen it um, on Sunday Night Football. No. Um. You, next time he fumbles, remember that. You, you get those great runs. You're going to get a fumble every now and then.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well,
1: I, I can I just forgive feel like Buck the, Allen from fumbling a lot easier than I can forgive a dry archer or a kick returner. I, I, it's, someone,
0: someone who doesn't it, offer as much.
1: Right. Saying. It's a different standard for me, which isn't fair, but it's true.
0: Yeah, I believe that. Um, any chance we see Ryan Mallett play quarterback for the the Ravens this week? I kind of feel like feel like we we are going to see him
1: if uh, if they're forced to play. You know, Ryan Mallett, is Jimmy Clausen definitely, or excuse me, is Matt Schaub definitely out?
0: Uh, I think Schaub is definitely out.
1: Yeah, then if Schaub is definitely out,
0: then, yeah, do you, I mean. Because they've, cause they've I, I said, won't be, basically, Harbaugh won't said shocked he, if we see him. <laughs> well, well, you know, Harbaugh said uh, yesterday that he wants to try to get, uh, he wants to try to get Ryan Mallett, quote, a couple of games. So there's only two games left in the season for them as far as I can tell. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, from that standpoint.
1: Unless they're going to have them practicing in, throughout the playoffs, you know. But, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> you know, you, it's hardball you know, tough to read. Uh, the Ravens, the, the the funny thing is, is offensively it's terrible. But, you know, defensively, they're not really – that horrible. I mean, considering they're they're playing a lot of the same guys they started the season with. I mean, uh, the the one big difference is uh, Lawrence Guy's in at defensive end. I mean, Timmy Jarrigan. They still have the same nose tackle, Brandon Williams. You know, you still got Dumerville. Um They are missing. Yeah. By
0: the, by the um, way, I like the uh, Brent Urban. This Brent Urban, the uh, defensive end from defense, uh, uh, University
1: honest. of Virginia.
0: Nice uh, pass rusher. Good-looking pass pitcher. He sure. He's like I a mean, Brett, Brett Kiesel for them.
1: Right. And he and uh, he actually – the reason I like him is he actually can play, you know, with bent knees. It's unusual for, you know, a taller player to be able to play with, you know, bent knees. Lowest guy always wins, <laughs> no matter what. I mean, it's they win. And he can – if you can get low and you have long levers, which those long arms of Urban allows him to do – say hello to JJ J. Watt. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Just,
0: well that that may be the that may be coming up in in 2 or 3 weeks, yeah. Um, yeah,
1: uh, it through,
0: could be. True enough. All right. So, if other than injuries, which we're, you know, I'm going to knock on some, something a couple sure. of things. Um aside from that, um you know, what what the I I sometimes they ask you this question when the Steelers are playing an opponent who on paper is overmatched, what would we see that would make you concerned about the outcome of this game? Like, what's Todd going to Haley keep it from really, being a blowout? Really,
1: Todd Haley really wanted to get the run game established, because I don't. Um, the, the, the Ravens front seven is pretty good. I mean, like I said, you, you. From what they started the season with, the only they're missing Suggs, which basically means that. Uh, see him more snaps and Zadarius Smith from Kentucky, who was Bud Dupree's running partner, seeing more snaps, and he's actually pretty good against the run. And you know, Courtney Upshaw, the other outside linebacker, very physical. Daryl Smith, pretty good. C.J. Mosley's a stud as their other inside linebacker. Both their safeties, Kendrick Lewis and Will Hill, are physical. I mean, it, the Steelers' running game really. I mean, if if we try to cowerball it, and this the longer this game stays close. More of a chance the the Ravens' hopes, you know, will grow. You know, unfortunately for them, you know, Darius Webb, Kyle Arrington, Sharice Wright, Jimmy Smith, they ain't covering our fucking wide receivers, and Kendrick Lewis and Will Hill ain't running with Martavius Bryant. They ain't running with Marcus Wheaton. They ain't running with Antonio Brown. You know, they they if they're not eighteen yards off the ball, they're getting run by.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, let, let us hope that the. That the biggest argument that we have uh, while watching the game is is it time to take Ben out? Sure. Actually, here, here's a better question: If you you know if they're so fortunate and everything goes the Steelers' way and they get a lead in this game, uh, you know who do you decide is worth, worthy of being pulled out and who should you know because they, they can't pull everybody out, right? No, I mean, obviously like, you can't. At some I point, mean, it becomes ridiculous. But I would think I would think that. <laughs> You know, you, you're you so thin at left tackle. You're so, you know, uh, Antonio Brown is so irreplaceable. Sure. I mean,
1: uh, I, I pull. Running
0: back, running back. I mean, right. there's these you guys, don't need two to... wide
1: receivers, so you figure Darius Hayward Bay. And uh, I don't know who the fifth wide receiver they've even been dressing as, which is a little bit sick. Um, it's Darius Hayward Bay is the fourth. Did he uh, dress coats? He doesn't
0: dress that many names. Nope. I don't think he dressed. I'm not sure. I don't think he dressed last week now.
1: Right. So How be, How
0: how deep are How deep are you a wide receiver when you know arguably the best wide receiver in the best conference in college football you draft him and and he doesn't even see the field. Like he's got like two targets on the season. Like you you're pretty good at wide receiver when you, you don't even glance glance at that guy. That's amazing.
1: I the best way to describe him is imagine if Teddy Jen was really really big. And it's it's horrible to say, but it's like true, and he's a really good blocker. Hmm. But I mean, I'm not I'm not taking it's. And, and what I mean is, like Ted Jen, I've never, ever, ever seen him caught from behind, and that's the same thing that I can say about Coates.
0: Never seen him caught from behind. Why? So here's a question. Why well, I had a dream. I just remembered this. I uh-huh. I had a dream like uh, Monday, uh-huh. and it, it was I, I saw. I was talking with somebody who is a, uh, uh, not necessarily a coach with the Steelers, but like somebody who works with the team, like in the in the in the locker room, trainer or somebody. And we were talking about something about kick returns, and he said, "Do you know what the kick return teams need? 14." And I was like, "14." And I, then I woke up and I was like, "Oh, Sammy Coates, yeah. Why? Like, why doesn't If how how is it not possible that Sammy Coates has has uh gets a look at kick returner?" for this team his his hands fumbling the football aren't really a question are they or catching the football as a kick returner i know in camp he struggled as a punt returner but that's a different animal
1: sure um, i mean punt return i i, I never really got to field many punts or kicks in my day but my understanding <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> did you catch a kickoff and get nailed like oh, balls, I, was, football is it getting knocked out of you
1: <laughs> Anytime i had the ball in my hands which was not often um, you better be violent. You better come high and hard, cause <laughs> I was like looking to get Larry Zonka. I was old school, baby.
2: Meryl <laughs>
0: Hodge, Larry Zonka. Larry Frank, <laughs> Jackson, wait a minute, wait a minute. Frank, you don't remember Frank, Terry Bradshaw's an elite quarterback, but you remember Larry Zonka. Like I'm, call, I'm throwing the flag on you. Man. No, I mean oh, like my,
1: that was my running style. It Was like like boom, 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 like looking to make contact, like Kevin Mack like looking yeah. for something to run into i was in christian akoya where i could run by or around people in a large body i do you remember <laughs> christian akoya from the Kansas city chiefs of course i've seen him on tv recent like it's recent he's still like humongous and in like great shape it's like him and herschel walker that's like they like sold their souls they don't age do not age they're both well
0: those those cats <laughs> were in a tremendous shape they weren't they were never football
1: fat like they're still fat. in tremendous it, shape they I weren't mean, big like, for ridiculously being Ridiculously tremendous shape can me tell you like who you should try to see on TV now Maurice G- Jones drew it looks like a fat guy, Maurice Jones-Drew. Now, dude, he got to be Ritter Pons. <laughs> yeah. Let a, me put this He's way.
0: enjoying you, retirement. You know what
1: Nate Newton, you'd expect Nate Newton to look like? That's what Maurice Jones-Drew looks like in retirement. I see them on that's TV. I'm like, great, No way that's Maurice Jones-Drew. And then they're like, Maurice Jones-Drew. I was like, ah! You, but then
0: like, you, like, see, like, uh, offense, you see offensive linemen who look like you're, like, you're like, wait, what happened to the rest of you?
1: Right, Jeff Saturday. Um yep. He's from from the coast. He wasn't a big guy, but he's really, really ski, like been now. And there's other guys. that so, uh, Go ahead.
0: So I was just gonna say, when you were running the football, you were Laquan McGowan, weren't you? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <Roosevelt laughs> How about that guy? Knicks. By the way, I just posted on the uh, on the podcast uh, uh, thread on on dot com. I posted uh, a video of Laquan McCon scoring a touchdown, but in the in the preview for the video, it has a picture of him holding the football, and the football looks like you know if if I held like one of those little kid footballs, <laughs> like like it's amazing. This dude is huge. He is he is a big dude. He, he can is, play a little bit though, I, I think.
1: He can play a lot. I mean, like he, I mean he he ain't gonna really win too many races on the same, but let me put it this way. How would you like to be like uh, Vaughn Miller and have to be lining up on his like inside eye and he gets to down block you? It's like
2: he's
1: 6'7", <laughs> all, all of 400 pounds. I mean, he's like, yeah. a, like he's a really large fella.
0: Yeah. Well, I was going to say, how would you like to be like Quiz Golson and, and try to tackle that dude in the open field? Like that's another one. Ouch. I Painful. mean, he might be
1: injured just from this bastard falling on him.
0: <laughs> True enough. Uh, Any anything else uh, you want to say about Steelers Ravens before we move on? I mean, I just we we're pretty, you know, we're always like this, and then you get into the game, and you're just like, why is this game so close? But I I just have a feeling that it's not. It may take a little while for the Steelers to pull away. I don't I don't know if it's going to be like seventeen nothing in the first five minutes of the game. But, you know, if things go the right way, it, it totally could be. If Jimmy Clausen plays quarterback. It's way more likely than Mallett. Mallett might make some mistakes for you, but he can play a little bit,
1: right? He can rip the ball. I mean, I'm, Jimmy I actually had a ton of success against us in preseason when he played for Carolina, which concerns me a little bit, but not a ton. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's He's still Jimmy Clausen, And uh, I think this defense is – very slowly but surely getting better. And getting better and getting better. And we'll see. Um
2: Well, you know, I, hey, let me ask they do play a In lot better
1: sec- when Antoine Blake's on the field. And I'm I i do not know if that's coincidence or what. But the less less Antoine Blake you see and the more of you the more you see of you know, of Ross Cockrell and the more you see of Brandon Boykin out there, the 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 the, the, the more you know, the, the, they locked down Sanders. They locked down Demarius Thomas in the second half. You know, um, well, I,
0: I would I would say this in the second half of that game, they were the best defense on the field. You know, which I granted they weren't playing against the Steelers' offense, but still, they they played great. I I don't know. I I just feel like you look at Blake in a vacuum. Uh, if you never watch another team and you just watch the Steelers play, it, it doesn't seem like the guy's a, a great gifted player, but you know, in zone coverage, it seems like he's he's close. He's just doesn't there to make the play. But when you watch a guy like Boykin in contrast, Boykin makes you understand the limitations that a guy like Blake has, because you know he he is he anticipates the throw. He's aware of guys around him. His head's on a swivel. He can attack and make plays on the ball when the ball's in the air. It's not just like Blake. Blake, I think, often tends to not trust his instincts. Is flat-footed when the ball comes out, and then once the ball gets delivered, he reacts to the guy and tackles the catch. But I think the great guys in coverage, especially zone coverage, are always moving. Their feet are never set, and they, you know, they they react, they anticipate, and trust their instincts. I just they're like night and day those two players. Now, granted, Blake, you know, I, I like I, I don't think even last week he played horribly. Just really just the one play against Demarius Thomas. Right. But I, you know, we're, in the game, his ta- his tackling and lack of wrapping up is maybe a bigger issue for me than even his coverage limitations. But, you know, you see, you see a guy like Boykin, and you're like, oh, if you just upgraded the, the the cornerbacks a little bit so that they're able to anticipate more and make plays on the ball, it makes a huge difference. I don't know. I'm saying maybe obvious to you. No, I mean,
1: I, I couldn't agree more. The thing is, he probably would be best as a gunner you know, on special teams because he has had some success of that. And is like a Nick one dime player where a guy that you might bring in for, you know, eight to 10 plays, maybe he's a blitz or maybe you drop him in the zone coverage. He's not an every down NFL player. I don't think he ever will be, but I think he could have an effective role in NFL defense. It's just, you know, if his snap counts much over 15 or 20, there's a problem.
0: Indeed. I'll get, I'll make that the last word on the subject. Um, Let's go to our illustrious uh, picks slash around the league segment brought to you by
1: Mike prayer, Dean Blandino. I got see. I remember the pies on this time. Uh, Mike Carey, um, Chico's bill bonds, Kevin free and the late great rest in peace. One year ago today, Joe Cocker.
0: Oh, Oh. Joe Cocker. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Um, And that isn't a Cocker spaniel. Your, your no, business. that is
1: Bella the Pitbull.
0: Oh, the Pitbull, exactly. Okay, well, she's annoyed at you right now for something. I don't know what it is.
1: She doesn't uh, like when a bride talk on the phone. She likes to be fed treats by hand. She's so <laughs> damn spoiled.
0: So she, she takes after you, in other words.
1: She, she's living she your lifestyle. A little bit. Yeah, <laughs> so she actually got her first official weigh-in um, post like uh, in like, the last six months, and she is coming close to triple digits.
2: Oh my god.
1: <laughs> exactly. That's she's not fat. She, I mean, she's wow. literally the dog that's in my avatar, at, uh, Fury. 'Cause Fury, cuz I finally uh, wow. decided to pull down the guy that got cut like in August. So, yeah, she uses a uh, she uses specimen.
0: Yikes. Uh, so uh in the spirit of Christmas giving, um I'm going to I'll let's we'll shoot out some names at you. What do what do they want for Christmas? <laughs> what do they need for Christmas? Better question. Start with Antoine Blake.
1: Um, Antoine Blake, all he needs for Christmas is uh, less naps. Brandon Boykin to play a little bit more.
0: I was going to say more talent. (laughs) (laughs) Horrible. I'm really bad. Uh, How about uh, about Ben Roethlisberger, the man who has everything?
2: He needs –
1: Come on, FC, it was a layup. Come on. I, I'm, I'm not going to do it. I'm not giving you the layoff. He just needs <laughs> one more ring.
0: That's exactly what
1: he needs. Come I know. I went with it. So, one more <laughs> ring <rank>. least three. Yes.
0: <laughs> At least. How about uh, Cam Newton?
1: Cam Newton, um, receivers that'll hold on to the damn ball.
0: There you go. Now and A little so bit more space for that anything. MVP
1: trophy that he has earned.
0: <laughs> Roger Goodell.
1: Um. I'm actually coming around. I came around a little bit, but uh, all Roger needs uh, for Christmas is uh, to pull um, his lips off of uh, Robert Kraft's ass.
0: <laughs> I'm of thinking that he needs the movie Concussion to bomb. Mm-hmm. That also would be good. Uh, let's see. How about uh, Mike Tomlin? What a TV trick for Christmas.
1: <laughs> New catchphrase. Because that bingo
0: card is kind of funny. Because you get through it, he's like, "Holy fuck!" I tell you what's amazing is that every time I joke and I like I pull out the bingo card and I'm thinking to myself, I want to make myself a nice post showing all the how he maps up the bingo card. The the man has so many phrases that he uses that are all on the same sort of par of what you would think. Oh yeah, this is part of his regular repertoire. It's it's more it's like enough to fill up five bingo cards. Like the guy is amazing with turning the phrase. He's taking it to a new level. You know, don't blink He's or I'll cut off level. your eyelids. <laughs> don't blink or I'll cut off your eyelids. As...
2: <laughs> Beautiful.
0: <laughs> you really, you just can't. I, it's like where does this stuff come from? That's what I would like to know. Fantastic, fantastic, man. Anyway, um, uh, anybody I missed for the Christmas list? Tom Brady.
1: Ah, uh, all Tom Brady needs for Christmas is his wife to stop dressing him.
2: Christ! <laughs> I was like, "What
1: the fuck are you wearing?"
2: <laughs> God,
1: oh. how the fuck did you win four Super Bowls?
2: Here's
0: you a question
1: for t- Terry Bradshaw.
0: Here's a question for you. Do you think the end for Tom Brady will look like the end for Peyton Manning? No. Or or do you think he's a guy that walks away?
1: Um, I think that Tom Brady will pretty much be carried out, but I don't think that Tom Brady would ever allow himself to get to the point where he's healthy and holding a clipboard in the NFL. So, no.
0: I mean, doesn't Brady call Manning at some point and say, yo, Peg, it's time. Like somebody – there's got to be somebody that he respects enough to call him. Yeah, yeah, I guess maybe, but – if my little you know i don't have a little brother if i had right. a little brother and he called me and said that i might still not Wanna take fight it fight with the, the same yeah, seriousness
2: yeah
0: but i mean I some, somebody needs to tell the dude that it's time right like he needs Chuck Knoll to call him up and tell him to get on with his life's work which is shilling pizza i'm sure uh, anyway uh very exciting uh so just looking around looking around uh, the league carolina going to lose a game in the regular season this year and Probably if no, so, I, is this the week? No. Atlanta, I guess I was really surprised to learn Atlanta is still very much alive for a, a wild card spot in the NFL, which shocked me. they've been on a slump for like a month.
1: They started like six or seven and know, but yeah. Um. Now, um, as funny as this sounds, Josh Norman was the original, you know, Julio Jones cure. I mean, he. He's he's done really well against Julio Jones. That's actually what got him on the map with me. Oh, that's right. There was some other guy I liked him for the draft. You're just like you bastard.
2: <laughs> no, it's okay, I'm, man.
1: Coastal no, Carolina. No, no, no. I'm being i I'll be serious. Um, very rarely do you have a corner that can match up with the smallest corner or the smallest wide receivers like the Antonio Browns or the Odell Beckham's and be able to match up with the bigger boys, the
2: Julio Jones,
1: Martavius Bryant, Megatron the six foot four, 220-pound-plus wide receivers. And Josh Norman's shown the ability to cover both, you know, and he's probably the only corner. <clears throat> Patrick Peterson struggles, um, actually, with smaller wide receivers, struggles mightily with smaller wide receivers. Um, and then, you know, you take other, you know, other corners out there. Uh, you know, Darrell Revis, I don't think he's the same player he once was. It's father time. I mean, he is entering his 10th year in the NFL. You know, he does play – premier position, you know, or excuse me, ninth year in the NFL, and he does play a premier position, you know, which is based on athleticism. I mean, Daryl Greens of the world are a rarity. You know, Dion, you know, had it, and then he lost it. You can't really say it about Rod Woodson because of the move to free safety, but, you know, I think that that probably extended his career an extra three years instead of playing out there, you know, on the edge, playing out there on the island, you know, with you know, no one to help you.
0: Yeah. Well, um, I got a
1: question. I think for Josh you. Norman uh, is probably as good as at his position as any player in the NFL. I think Antonio Brown might have a bigger, might be a, even with the special seasons other wide receivers are having, and there is quite a few. new Hopkins, you know, they'll back him. I just think Antonio Brown. If Ben was healthy, do you think that it's possible that Antonio Brown might have
0: got to 200 balls and 2,000 yards? I, I think he's going to come close enough to it anyway. I mean, you know, the guys, it's, um, he has an outside chance. There was an article uh, on ESPN uh, this about his three years stretch, the last three seasons, and uh, he is already they, – they listed, like, uh, the greatest seasons that they could come up with. And it was like, you know, Jer- Jerry Rice, three seasons, Calvin Johnson's best three seasons in a row. Um, who else did they have on there? I can't remember now. But at any rate – uh, of the five guys they had listed Antonio Brown already has the most catches uh with two games to go and he is something like uh 230 yards or 240 yards shy of the most yards and they were like well he's got a good chance to you know get number 2 in yards and I'm like have you seen this guy play <laughs> like it's he's not it's not impossible for him to to get the, to the uh, you know to the point where he would have the most catches and most yardage of any wide receiver in NFL history for three seasons in a row. Like that is lofty territory, no matter what the rules are like, you know, there's, there's nobody doing what he's doing right now. Um, But you preempted my question a little bit, which was just going to be, I'm going to take a stab and say, uh, keep to Patrick Peterson, Josh Norman, Marcus Peters. are Are those the four best corners in the NFL? And if so, how do you rank
1: them? I'm, I'm I'm quickly going over corners in my mind. You know what? I'm gonna um, Butler from New England's actually pretty damn good too. I don't like to give him credit, but I would go. <laughs> no, with no, no,
0: no. Point. He definitely is for second-year players, especially very good.
1: Yeah, um, I'm I'm thinking that that would be the only guy I put in there, and probably Norman one. Patrick Peterson too, just because he's proven it. And then, wow, I like Peters. Um, he's had some rough games, so. but that's to mom, mom is mom is going to come looking for you if you don't make it. Exactly, down. I'm going to have to go with him third.
0: <laughs> okay, but come on, my point though is Marcus Peters. He's easily a top five corner in this league, is he not?
1: He's right in the as five, a rookie. Right? Absolutely, yeah, and that tells you. I mean, it's 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 Josh Norman probably ain't going to be the best corner in the NFL in two years.
0: It's yeah, it's, you know changes. Yeah, and changes. I mean, and it's just
1: such a it's a weird game because you can watch um, some of the stuff that Josh, you know, Josh Norman gets away with. There's no way that they're gonna let you know Antoine Blake or Willie Gay even get away with. Um, the the more praise you get, I mean, I'm a, I'm not gonna be a hater, but Antonio Brown from time to time is guilty of some offensive pass interference. Same thing with Martavius Bryant. But now that they're more of uh, premier players in the NFL, there's nobody that interferes more than Odell Beckham Jr. or Megatron. I think that I like I I seen it cut up where like they they could have been called for offensive pass interference 60 times in the last uh, over the last season and a half.
0: Sure. Between I, well, that was one thing about the game last week is you know it was officiated kind of like a playoff game in that they let them they let the teams get away with a lot of contact and stuff, but the Steelers receivers for a change gave as good as they got really in they terms of physical physicality. And that was the key to the game. I thought,
1: right. They had to, I mean, it's, it was either, you know, they, they I really feel that if uh, they could have rolled over and played dead or, you know, they can, can come out and fire their gun and they fire their gun. I mean, it's, it, it's the most explosive offense in the NFL. And I hate to say this, if Le'Veon – people say, well, maybe it's best at Le'Veon – no, it's never best that Le'Veon Bell got injured because Le'Veon Bell is a very important part of this passing game, you know, <laughs> too. And then can you imagine if we had D'Angelo Williams as the change of pace back or we could, you know – it's just this offense can, is even going to be more dynamic going forward. I mean – um I wish there was a way that we could bring Bell back if he could play in, you know, a month, whenever the, uh, but it's more, it's the PCL injury that'll prevent it because I think they probably were at the point where, you know, 16 weeks out, he probably can play with a torn MCL as funny as that sounds.
0: Yeah, I can see that. But yeah, PCL, that's yeah. a bear, man.
1: Right. Uh, it's just a little bit of a bear and it's the stability joint, but, the one good thing that, that, and the reason that I feel he'll make a full recovery is, uh, he's a workout beast.
0: Yep. Apparently, he's already at the stage where he's walking around and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. So. He's rehabbing. It. He's awkward rehabbing yeah. already. He's a beast. Beast. He a beast. Uh, okay, so uh, give us a give us a prediction for this week's. Uh, Steelers or yeah, Ravens, five-star, right. matches. A five-star I'm gonna go, matches. I'm going go, I'm gonna go with
1: and... 70. I will let that be known now. Um, I think that the Steelers <laughs> are going to have the opportunity to hang a lot of points, and I think they're going to take advantage of that opportunity. 38-13 Steelers.
0: So this, by the way, the Steelers, are, uh, Steelers' record is 73, I think, in case you're, you're keeping track at home. <laughs> um, Swiss is going to correct me, but I think it's from the in the '60s, early 60s, maybe like 62 or something. 73 points they put up. I think in uh, the Steelers against uh, Indianapolis in Ben's five-touchdown game, they just put up 55 or something in that one?
1: Yeah, the six-touchdown one the six touchdown game last year that Ben had. The six-touchdown
0: game, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: it was even more ridiculous, yeah. Um, I, I'm trying to remember the highest-scoring Steelers game I can remember. I think that they may have once hung 52 in the Calgary regime, but that's the as I can remember from a Steelers stand.
0: Yeah, well – I don't think they'll. I'm not sure they're going to get to the uh, the all-time record. But what I was laughing about uh, when you said when you when you said that about the possibility of them trying to set the you know the scoring record. Uh, by the way, I think the NFL record is uh, something like 113 or something. I don't know. Anyway, by the way, Steelers hung 51 on the Colts last year. Uh, I I I'm going to do something I've never done as far as I know before on this show and that is predict the Steelers to score more than 40 points. I am going to take the Pittsburgh Steelers 41-14 to 14, uh, oh, well. o- over the over the Ravens, and that's for, you for very you much mean, the same reasoning that you had. Can you
1: imagine again? being the coach who put 113 points up on Chuck Knoll? If you ever try that <laughs> shit again, I'll kick your ass. <laughs> that was like whenever they like hung 50 on him. Can you imagine like 100? He'd be like yeah. going to well, his the, car to get his gun. Actually, well, he'd he been like –
0: Home, <laughs> go to your car, get your rifle. Get your automatic weapon. Yeah. Now, I, I don't know. I, I think that the only reason I'm going to make the score that high is, I don't think it, it has to take a whole game of being a close game for the Steelers to score score 41. I think you could get a defensive score, uh, and you know, uh, a a couple of uh, three, a couple of two, three quick touchdown passes early in the game and uh, get a, a Landry Jones score or a, a running score late in the game when you're just trying to salt it away. I just have a feeling that this is not going to be a close game. And if the Chiefs if the Chiefs hung 40 last week, I think the Steelers are going to have two priorities in this game, as you said. Well, three. They're going to win the game. They're going to try to stay healthy in the course of the game. And they're going to try to stay hot. I think that's a big uh, factor that that we've seen before in Mike Tomlin teams as they come down the end of the the end of the last couple of games of the season in December is that they're they're not looking at that point to like tread water to get to the postseason. They're looking to stay hot and guys play and they play hard. And I think if the Steelers come into the game, they play hard. But the talent that they have, what they're going to put out there, uh, if 41-14 is the right score to predict, it might end up being. At one point when, if which in which case, as long as we end up healthy, I really don't care. Uh, but this is what I think is going to happen. FC, I give you the holiday last word, man. What's what's the word?
1: Don't drink and drive, kids. Have a happy, uh, Merry Christmas, happy holidays. Uh, we'll probably talk to you before New Year's Eve, and I'm going to tell you don't drink and drive then too, but just don't drink and drive. It's not worth it, and uh Hopefully, if the Steelers uh, do their normal thing and they choke against the Ravens, you're going to want to listen to the podcast <laughs> because I'm going to be so fucking vile, so vulgar, <laughs> but I don't see it happening. So, But, uh, you know, enjoy Christmas. Remember, it's, you know, little baby Jesus' yearly birth, so don't drink <laughs> and drive. Uh, and deal with your family. If you have volume, take them. You're going to need them. So...
0: This is a classic FC. We went have to bottle that last word. I'm afraid to say anything else man except for thank you for joining me on the podcast. Uh have a merry christmas or uh, Festivus tonight. Tonight's Festivus, man. Yes, so Yes it is. Air air your air dark grievances. grievances. What am yes. I what am I thinking? We totally forgot to air our grievances. Damn it. <laughs> I think we to be I fair, we air if you win we the air our bus, grievances. toss, defer. Get the
1: double possession. <laughs> They're going
0: to but I have you, Ben. There you go.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we oh, air I'm our coach. grievances. It's not like
0: you I lose think we <laughs> I think uh, we air our grievances every week on this show. So yeah, it's man. always Festivus here with yes, the sir. SteelerFury.com podcast. On behalf of my friend there, FC and uh, Fury, and all the gang at SteelerFury.com, I'm here to tell you, Merry Christmas and oh, go ho, get them, Steelers. Steelers. Happy Steelers. Festivus, yes. too.
2: Yes, happy Festivus.